0: one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to track for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way right back there. And an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is The
1: O2 pitch. Look at this. do What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Phillies Nation podcast. I am your host, Ty Daubert. Coming at you with another episode as the Philly season is officially winding all the way down. Only 10 games left. We're recording after the Phillies split with the Atlanta Braves in a home series. Two pretty exciting, encouraging wins and the two losses were a little disappointing, uh, especially on Sunday, that series closer as they lose in extra innings, a couple chances to to win in a back-and-forth game. As always, I have my co-host Nathan Ackerman to join me. Nathan, what do you think of this Brave series, especially Sunday, in, in the way that they ended up losing that one? What are you thinking for the rest of the season here?
0: Yeah, I thought, look, if you were to tell people that the Phillies would split with the Braves at home, especially after the way they played in Atlanta and in the first game against the Blue Jays. Almost everybody would have taken that. Of course, after you win the first two games and you have a chance to win um, Sunday's game the way that they did and blew it several times, it kind of leaves you feeling like it was a missed opportunity. We were talking about before we started that if they had won that game, they would need to go 5-5 five and five the rest of of the, of the way, and if they had if if they had went five and five, then the Brewers would have to go eight and one, which doesn't guarantee a playoff spot, but it makes you feel pretty good, especially given that they're about to play seven games against the Cubs and the Nationals. But, you know, it worked out the way that it did. It was another one of those Sunday games that, like, took five hours because of the rain. Um, it didn't quite mess with their pitching plans as much as the last one did, but it was still kind of annoying. There was, like, the weird moment in there when it was like, they should just strike out to get it an official game. And then there was confusion as to whether or not it actually was.
1: Yeah, it was, by the way.
0: It was, by the way, right. Um, As as it turns out, it would have been best for the Phillies if the rain had just washed that one all the way away, but it didn't. Yeah. And now they got to, I mean, they, they, look, they're still in a pretty good spot. Like if, if they go five and five now, the, the Brewers have to go seven and two. Yeah. Which leaves you feeling pretty good. However, the Brewers don't exactly have the toughest of schedules. So I don't but know. Neither, point, neither
1: do the Phillies. But neither do the Phillies. No.
0: No. Three games in Houston is tough. If yeah. if they if they go into Houston needing to win two, you're not feeling good. Even if they need to win one, like the the flashbacks to the rays at the end of 2020 sure. is going to be in everyone's mind. So I guess they're still in a good spot. It was never going to be super easy. It's not. But you're at least feeling what what would you say? 65% confident that they'll make the playoffs?
1: 70? Yeah, like 70, like 70-75%. All what they have to do is they need to take care of business in these two series against against Chicago and Washington. The bad teams um have been where they've found their success for the most part this season. Beating up on these on these poor teams that they need to that they need to beat, and they've done it this year. Other than say for maybe like one really disappointing series against the Cubs pre trade deadline, um, for the most part they've they've beaten up on the bad teams. So they have to do it again, and that's kind of been their winning formula. And if they stick to it, I think they're in a pretty good situation there. Where, where it looks like they'll end up being the third team in the wild card race making the playoffs for the first time since 2011
0: they should be yeah the Cubs thing has always kind of I don't know I've always kind of looked at this part of the schedule and been a little iffy about it just because of what happened coming out of the all-star break and it feels like Wrigley is never a super easy place to play with I don't know the wind's always weird and they always draw a good crowd because it's Wrigley but when you get Wheeler, Nola, Suarez in those three games, you have to feel pretty confident that they should take two out of three. Yeah, and if they take one out of three, that's not good. But I wouldn't say the season is sunk. That would be bad. Just to be very yeah. clear, that would be really bad.
1: They definitely, they've definitely had some weird games in Chicago too. Can you think of the the Adam Morgan game? The yeah, the Jason Hayward walk off grand slam. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't I I get if people are a little hesitant to fully buy in or not get quite to 75% confident because um they've been through this kind of stuff before and not not come through like you said like you mentioned the the last day last series and last day of of 2020 and they go into Tampa Bay and they they're not able to get it done. So the the path is definitely there but they're going to have to Going to have to execute in ways that they haven't been able to do in recent years. So I I do kind
0: of think I do kind of think they have to just looking at the at the schedule here. I think the target like clinch by game is that Tuesday in Houston. If they haven't clinched before that game, then you're in a you're in a spot where you probably need to win one of two at least against the Astros, which nobody would be feeling confident about. And you're in a spot where you need to use one of your top end starters in those two games, which means that if you were to make the wild card rounds, they wouldn't be able to to pitch. Whoever pitches that that Monday in Houston would be Nola. I think that's that's the way that they've lined it up now, which would leave him available for game two of the wild card round. If Wheeler has to pitch Tuesday, let's say he can't go game one, it screws everything up. So I think if 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 you haven't clinched by by Tuesday, October 4th, by first pitch that day you're kind of you still might make it but you probably need to win one of those two tough games and they're not going to go easy because they're going to have a bunch of time off before the ALDS and so they're they're going to pitch Verlander and whoever they got to pitch to keep them on their regular rest so yeah i think you got to clinch before then if not you're kind of nervous
1: yeah definitely um do you want to want to just break down some of the some of the ongoings of this of this brave series recap what's going on and i don't know who's going well who's not so i guess first game of the series they put up a bunch of runs aaronola looks great it's just an all-around like positive showing from the team um started off on a good note and then sunday like i said the way they finish it's a little more deflating um and it was kind of the same problems that we mentioned on this last pod where it's like, oh, Kyle Gibson got blown up and the bullpen has like two guys that you're really comfortable going to. But other than that, it's a bunch of question marks. Um, David Robertson, another rough outing for him, just seems like he's been overworked at this point, doesn't have doesn't have his best stuff. But uh, yeah, where are you? Where are you kind of at with <laughs> like what? What are your takeaways from the series and your standing with everyone on the team, I guess?
0: Yeah, I think a take let's let's do Kyle Kyle Gibson first. I, I know he did him last spot, but it was it was glaringly bad this time. He I don't know what his numbers are now. After that blow up in the what inning was that? Um fourth inning. His earned run average for the month of September was 997. At one point it was over 10. And that's mixed in. I think he had one start where he went like six innings, one run against I forget who. That's not good. Like, would you rather throw Noah Syndergaard at that point, at at his turn in the in the rotation? Because the, like, G- Gibson's... it feels like Syndergaard doesn't at least get blown up to the level that, that yeah. Kyle Gibson does. On the contrary, if you put. Kyle Gibson against a bad team, he usually holds his own and does pretty well. And I don't think Noah Syndergaard really has that capacity at this point. So, I don't know. It's 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 kind of a higher ceiling, lower floor kind of situation at this yeah. point. But the floors have been really, really low.
1: His his season ERA is is up to four eight four now. It's not good. Looking looking at the box score, I also didn't in the moment quite realize that he had nine strikeouts in five innings. That's was, kind was,
0: of bizarre,
1: huh? Aside from all the hits, he was dicing them up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Asi- aside from the runs and the hits, he was pretty good. Yeah, exactly.
1: So he's a yeah. Other than that, so I would guess to flip on the positive note. Um, like I said, some bullpen uncertainties. Brad Hand hits the injured list. Um, Chris Devensky moves up. He, he had that one. Really, like breakout year as a reliever for the Astros, which was a long time ago now. And since then, it's not been very good. But they needed somebody to replace hands, especially with other people, other other pitchers in the bullpen not being as reliable. Sir Anthony looked good in on in Sunday's game, but the two guys that you can really trust right now, and it, it's kind of wild. to Even say this, like if you would have said this in at different points throughout the the summer, earlier in the summer, like, oh yeah, your, your two lights out relievers are Jose Alvarado and Zach Eflin. We would have said, well, what are you talking about? Alvarado gets sent down to the minor leagues near the end of May. He's down there for a few weeks and pretty much since he's returned, he's been like, he's been pitching like one of the best relievers in, in baseball to, to be truly honest. And like the, the cutter is just basically unhittable right now. And then on top of it, oh, yeah, maybe he'll throw a 103-mile-an-hour fastball by you as well. And, and, and Zach Eflin, despite never being a full-time reliever other than for a very short stint in 2019, one outing in, in 2020, he's he's looked really sharp. The, the sinker looks really good. And I think there were some questions about whether his stuff could play up out of the bullpen, and uh, he's kind of answered those. He's looked He's looked really good. At times, like he can give you, he can give you more than three outs. He's been able, he's been in like a few different spots so far. And both of those guys, like this this series, they look really, really sharp. And I think if you had if you're pitching in a if a playoff series started tomorrow, you're in high leverage spots. I know Sir Anthony like has been that guy for most of the season. I think. In most cases, like your highest leverage spots might be going to Jose Alvarado and Zach Eflin. They, they've they just been, they've been that good recently.
0: Yeah, and, and Zach Eflin has done it in every single rule too. I almost said he's your highest leverage spot in a clean inning, but like then he comes on in the 10th inning yesterday with the zombie runner on second and he strands in by throwing a one-two-three yeah. inning. So yep. he's looked really good. I, I thought he should have come back out for the 11th until I realized he threw – what was it? Um, Saturday, and like he's never yeah, thrown. Too, he's never days. thrown back-to-back days before. Yeah, I get it. If this is if if that's a playoff game, I he think better he's be back in out there. there. For the, yeah. Um, but he's done everything. I mean, he's he's thrown three innings at a time, and he's looked great. Maybe just two or three. Um, he's thrown with the zombie runner. He's stranded guys. He's pitched six, seven innings. He's pitched ten. The you know in the tenth, like it. Yeah, he looks awesome. He he's one of those he reminds me a lot of ranger out of the pen last year and i guess the comparison's kind of obvious because it's like oh, a starter goes in the bullpen and he does super well but he's like one of those slow heartbeat guys where if you just watch him pitch like you can't tell what's what spot of the game it's in and whether it's high or low leverage or what's going on and what the score is what inning blah 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 um he just looks really, really calm and steady up there. It's and then his stuff plays up too because it looks like he's throwing harder. He's getting more bite on his two seam on his uh, everything. The curveball looks was was looking good. So yeah, it's with Zach Eflin in the in the bullpen was always a uh, there's no risk really. What you can get is what you can yeah. get. If it goes terribly, don't use him. It's fine. Um, or just like use him if the game's over and you need to eat three innings. But everything you can get is kind of a bonus and you couldn't have drawn it up to work out so far any better than it has to this point. Um, and if if you think about, we were talking about this a couple of pods ago, the teams that have made World Series runs the last few years, it seems like a lot of them have that starter who they put in the pen, even if it wasn't because of an injury or anything like that, and he can take down innings in October and in important ones, and be a three-inning guy, or be a one-inning guy, or get out of a tight spot in the tenth. It's like that's what Zach Eflin looks like right now. I don't know if they're going to get there. I don't know if this is still going to be a thing. If he's still going to be as dominant as he looks now, but if they do and if he does, that's a big piece to have.
1: Look at look at you with the Gabe Kaplerism, take down innings. <laughs> no i completely nasty
0: zach definitely is nasty brother i
1: i I completely agree like it's a big it, it was there was no risk to doing it like you might as well see what you have but it's it seems like it's going to pay off and i think it's i think it's important to kind of like note how like improbable it was for them or like unlikely that they're it's just like absurd to say that they're like two most important relievers maybe right now um, are are Jose Alvarado and and Zach Eflin, like the way that it's come together with the things they've dealt with this year, Eflin being injury. Like they, I think a lot of people thought he wasn't going to come back at all. And and Alvarado getting sent down like a month or like a month or a little bit more into the season going down for two, three weeks and, and coming back and pitching like this. It because he kind of reinvented himself with this cutter, like that's it's a big big win for those guys, big win for the team, and it's kind of keeping keeping the bullpen afloat right now, because um, of the the issues that we've that we've mentioned before. It's a one of the bigger developments of the season right now because of the time it's coming at.
0: Yeah, it would be nice if they had that to supplement a dominant David Robertson and like Sir Anthony Dominguez to an extent too. He looks better, obviously, after he had that, he had the, he had the blue Jays game. um, And then like the game before that wasn't great either. And he's looked better since then. He threw a a scoreless Mm -hmm. inning in the ninth yesterday. It still doesn't look like dominant, you know, it still doesn't look like he comes in and it's, Oh, you feel 95% sure you're going to get out of there. Um, If you remember yesterday's game, he faced three guys, but one of them, like if, if it wasn't for a perfect throw and tag by Garrett Stubbs and Gene Segura, I think it was in the ninth inning on a stolen base attempt by Michael Harris, I want to say. um, He would have had a guy on second one out and then you never know what happens from there. I'm not saying it was like a bad inning on his part. I'm just saying peak Sir Anthony this year has been basically locked down. You feel overwhelmingly confident that you're going to be fine. He looks yeah. good right now. He doesn't look great, I would say. That, and that, then
1: that Harris caught stealing. It was a great tag by Scurba. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then and then Robertson too. Um, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we started, but he's kind of been overused. Um at the same time, the wild the one two, oh two, one two, I think it was wild pitch, um, trying to spike a slider, whatever he was trying to do. Wasn't great. He's been, yeah, overused. Like, like you said, it'd be nice if it if he wasn't in that spot, and it'd be nice if you yeah. had them to like full strength, or at least you know pretty close to full strength, and then mm-hmm. Eflin and Alvarado on top of that. That would be a nasty bullpen. But whatever. Yeah,
1: you meant you mentioned the wild pitch where they they tied the game on a wild pitch that the David Robertson spiked. I I wanted to mention before you said you didn't hear this. Uh, you weren't like listening to the broadcast with sound. John, John Cruck John almost like spoke it the, into existence. He said something like, like Robertson, I think it was 02. He gets him, he gets him down. And Cruck says something like, See, n- now you hope like Robertson doesn't try to make too good of a pitch and ends up putting it in the dirt and immediately throws like a, a breaking ball that goes like 52 feet and just goes right past Stubbs. It was it was, it was yeah, not not what you wanted. It was exactly what Krupp no. said that he shouldn't do, but um I, I guess Robertson couldn't hear it down there on the field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Braves are so pesky. Like, did you ever think when that game came back it was gonna end six to five? I thought what, no what do you way. mean? What do you mean? Like they it, it got they stopped it what they scored two runs in the fifth, it got stopped in at essentially the end of the fifth and it was like a one, two, two, two count or something like that. And then they were holding on to this six to five lead for three innings. And you were like, there's no way the Braves are gonna oh, yeah, at least yeah. another run in this one. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, so that I, was I almost agree.
0: the point where it was like, yeah, they had the bases loaded. There were two outs in an O2 count, but you just felt like something was going to go wrong. And that was a very, very classic way for it to go awry. But yeah, John Crook, I guess gets, a lot of the blame for that one
1: yeah he was just he, he could feel it coming i guess he well, the funny thing
0: is he he does it like every time like every time some like somewhat of a power hitter is up in a big spot he's like how about a grand slam here i would take that and then it never happens and then, and then the one time he does speak it into existence it's a it's a game time wild pitch by the phillies john Crux, the best just to be very clear john Crux, awesome
1: yeah so i guess wanted to hit on now we've done this i don't know like three or four weeks straight if you're if you are a loyal listener to this pod you're probably tired of hearing us do this but it's still like a little bit baffling with the way that they're like using their roster where well donnie sands finally gets a plate appearance his first one orlando arcia his first one says some since september 3rd And it was, of course, against a position player. And this is a dumb thing that I also want to get into. Um, That doesn't really matter, but I I just have a take about it. They put him in against a position player on Friday, like you mentioned. And he takes, like, a four-pitch walk. If you're Donnie Sands, you haven't gotten a plate appearance since September 3rd. And based on the way they've used you, you might never get another one. (laughs) Like... They, if they, they were fine not playing you for, like, almost three weeks. I if, if that's me, if I'm Donnie Sands, like, I don't care. I'm swinging the bat there. Like, I need yeah. to get my first major league hit out of the way. I have, three, I have three plate appearances up to this point. I'm facing Orlando Arcia. I don't care if these pitches are out of the zone. I'm swinging. Are you with me? Yeah. Is that a bad take?
0: No, I am. I am, I didn't know this was exactly the direction that, that you were gonna go. I thought. I thought you were gonna more say, "Why are they not why bringing Derek Cole up?" Or why uh, is Sands can, even we, here? Not. Not. We can why get into Sands- that. We <laughs> can get into that. But no, no, I, have to, no, I had to get. No, that out I'm of the way. fully. I'm fully with you. Um, like no one's, one's gonna get like, mad.
1: No one's gonna get mad at you for like swinging at a bad pitch when it, the game's out of hand.
0: Never give away plate appearances. Tie. Never. I guess. I would be annoyed if I were him. Like, are you serious? Okay, yeah, I would, I've, I would, I've, I've been up here for a month. I haven't been used. And then a position player is going to walk me on four Ephesus yeah. out of the zone.
1: Yeah. Yep. People, do you remember? Sorry, dumb tangent. But do you remember Mitch Walding's first major league hit after he like, what was he? Like 0 for 20 or something to start it's his like career.
0: 15 strikeouts or something. His
1: first major league hit and maybe only hit was... A home run off a position player it was the marlins like backup catcher i can't remember who it was but but he he has the major league hit and that's what like if i'm Donnie says like i'm getting i'm trying to get the hit out of the way
0: yeah i guess i didn't realize he'd been up here this whole time without having a major league hit yet i mean it makes sense because it was his first like that september third one was like his second plate appearance or something like that yeah and
1: he grounded into double play yeah what a cook. use
0: of a roster spot yeah
1: yeah You mentioned it. We can lead into it. Like, what is Derek Hall doing in the minors? What's, I I don't get it. They're, they're burning a roster spot. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) it doesn't make sense. Dude, there, there has to be something going on there. Like there has to be something we don't
0: know about because what, what, one of the things Rob Thompson said was we'll wait until the AAA season's over and then we'll get more clarity or then we can start to think about things. Like, why are you beholden to the end of the AAA season when you have 10 games left in a playoff chase?
1: What that well, doesn't make any sense. He's one homer away from the uh Iron Pigs record for a single season homer, it's Do 29 think, by Reese Hoskins. There's no way it's that could be part of it. I don't think it is, but like he is cl- he is close <laughs> to it. And I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he's done it in fewer he'd be doing it in fewer games than Hoskins did because he was up. I'm pretty sure he was up longer than Hoskins was in 2017. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. That that should not <laughs> who I, cares? that should not that should not be playing into your thinking. There like, have been so many have, t- What else is going on? Like what what I've, else do you think is going on? No clue.
0: There have been so many times the last couple of weeks too where it's like wow, this would be a great time for a left-handed hitting power hitter who could come in and face a righty and maybe hit one into the second deck and change the game slash season. But nope, here's uh, Matt Veerling's going to get this plate appearance still. And this was when Matt Veerling was really cold. I I don't get it. I'm at a loss. I don't understand why the AAA schedule matters at all. Yeah. give the Give the fans in Lehigh Valley something to... I'm trying to draw fans to the seats to watch Derek Hall when
1: Well their their home schedule's over now, so who knows? So it's
0: not even that. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't I've I've nothing <laughs> for you, but it doesn't make any sense. And I, I feel like there I don't know what it could possibly be, but I feel like there has to be something going on there. Because nobody's given nobody's given a straight up ex- explanation about why. They've just said, oh, we'll we'll think about it at the end of the AAA season or it's not it's we've thought about it. It's not in the cards right now. Why? Does,
1: I don't know. does does not make sense. It's like you have 10 games left. You have 28 roster spots. Like just get your 28 best players on the team. Right? <laughs> is that a novel concept?
0: Unless one of them is chasing a triple A AAA team <laughs> home run record, single season home run It's record. a big deal. It it's is a big, big deal. deal. People, everybody wants to talk about holes for 700 and judge for 62 what about Derek hall for the iron pig single season home run record which is 20 something
1: 29
0: 29 that's, that's what i thought yep yeah that's 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 the real chase going on it was here. it was a
1: big deal i remember back in the day it was a big deal when when darren ruff passed uh ryan howard in, in Reading, then that got surpassed by dylan cousins at
0: yeah i just i just remember the i remember the cousins hoskins bash bros uh yeah. home run race back in in
1: 2017
0: 2016
1: 2016 Dude, that was a
0: that was i mean that was basically mcguire sosa it was yeah that was sweet
1: <laughs> all right you mentioned i think you mentioned Casianos do you want to get into that a little bit before we wrap this up this pod doesn't have to be too long because like you said we've hit on a lot of this stuff a lot of a lot of repeat ideas uh, because it's been kind of the same thing going on for a little bit now but but Nick Cassiano seems close to coming back looks like he'll be back at could be back some point during this cub series that's coming up a little bit of a revenge series for Cassiano's the former cub uh, but what do you think I don't know kind of weird where seems like rob thompson suggested a minor league rehab assignment um Nick seems to have rejected that idea maybe he didn't want to take at bats away from Derek hall as he chases this home run <laughs> record <laughs> but and then rob thompson comes out the other day and said all right mutual decision he's not going to go to the minor leagues I bet. What, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking here? What are you thinking as Dick Cassiano seems to be coming back from this oblique injury soon?
0: I think it's hilarious. Personally, I, I didn't know there was a thing that you could just like reject a rehab assignment. Um, however, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season, there would be one guy on this team who would be recommended for a rehab assignment and reject it. Guess who it is. I would probably say it's him. Um, It's weird for sure, but like at the same time, I don't have a huge problem with it because there are 10 games left in the season and they need his bat back in the lineup. I know, I I get he hasn't been great this year. I get the right fielders have been good in his absence, but it also feels like the kind of situation where do you really want Dalton Guthrie playing out there on an everyday basis? Maton, maybe, maybe, but I don't really want to get into a situation where somebody like Dalton Guthrie is overexposed. And I think Castellanos, had been looking better in the past few weeks before he went on the shelf, and what it does more than anything is it just length it it lengthens the lineup. You don't need any more Alec Boehm hitting third on the occasional day or Harper hitting cleanup because of that, which is weird. You don't need. They had like Real Muto hitting fifth, which is good, but you don't need Segura hitting sixth because he's a double. He's he's uh grounded to. 16 double plays this year and he's kind of a machine for that at this point I kind of want him seven or eight so it just lengthens everything and I think it's good to get that presence back in the lineup obviously the right fielders have been good in his in his absence but as you said he does feel like the kind of guy who can just heat up in a week and do something in late September slash October maybe going back to Wrigley helps him too I don't know you said it was a revenge set for Nick Castellanos because it's the Cubs. And I think we did the same thing against the Reds earlier and it didn't really work, but maybe second time's the charm. So yeah, I think it's, a, I, I think they need to get him back. I think they've needed him back for some time now. I think the rehab thing's weird. I also think it's kind of funny and I don't have a huge problem with him not rehabbing at now at, at the same time, if he comes back and he goes like over 10 with eight strikeouts, it's, it's going to be, kind of easy to say oh maybe he needed to see some pitching somewhere where the stakes weren't super high but for now whatever
1: yeah and the thing with with guthrie is he was added to the 40 man after september 1st i believe so i don't think he's playoff eligible so like you're gonna need somebody to play right field that is not him yeah and yeah. And like, like you said, if you're going into, you make this playoff spot, you're going into the playoffs and it's like, all right, our big, uh, you know, like big piece of our lineup is, is Dalton Guthrie Like, you You'd be more comfortable with somebody else. Like he's been very good. Like a lot of credit to him. He's been a big part of helping them stay afloat and kind of like avoid this collapse that I think everyone has thought might be on its way, at least in the back of their minds. And kind of they're they're treading water at the very least and he's been a part of it Nick Maton's been a part of it Matt virling has been a part of it like you said he was struggling for a little bit there and has turned it on and they're just doing they're doing what they can to avoid the uh I don't know the heartbreaking implosion that's I don't know I think that's like all you could ask for really right
0: sure I guess
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. I don't know. I think maybe you can set the expectations a little higher, but yeah, sure. Yeah. well,
1: based on based on I don't know the past decade, like you'll take that, you'll that's, take it, right?
0: That's true, that's true. They have won eighty three games, which is their best since twenty eleven. So yeah, Just take what you can get at this
1: yep. point. They're, they're they're just like the twenty eleven Phillies, just like them, <laughs> exactly right. like that. Anything I do have
0: good, yeah, I do have one more thing. Right. Um, you, you know I like to play this game. It of does course. seem like the Padres are in. I, I think it's pretty much the Phillies and the Brewers for that second wild card spot. Now yeah. the Padres Ma- now, by, by the way, man,
1: man, speaking Padres, Manny Machado making this late push for MVPs like, right at the war standings, right? Right. At the top. All right. He had to hit a Homer the other day. It's like, there, there's like four guys bunched at the top. It looked like it'd be Goldschmidt's award to lose uh, for a while, but Machado's right near the top. Freeman's not that far off. There's like, there's a bunch of guys all within like a win of each other in war. Rio Mito included. He's probably like six in the NL. Sorry. Anyway,
0: no, no. The Padres are pretty much in. I think that's good news for the Phillies if we want to play the playoff seeding matchup game, because if they get in now, it's looking increasingly likely they're going to be the six, which any person in their right mind would rather play the Cardinals in a best of three than the Braves right now, especially given the way the Phillies have played against the Braves in Atlanta. And so, yeah, there's still only a game behind a game and a half behind the the Padres. And they do have the tiebreaker there. But as of now, if the season were to end today, it would be Phillies Cardinals. And I think, you know, feeling all too bad about that series. Now, of course, this will come back to bite if like the brews sneak in over the Phillies. And then it's oh, it would have helped to catch chase down the Padres. But whatever.
1: So one note on Phillies Cardinals, if that is indeed the matchup um with Brad hand now out they have like (laughs) they might have like one lefty reliever on the playoff roster at least for the first round in in Jose Alvarado which means less likely chance that they're going to give up like some sort of unreal home run to Albert Pujols which Brad hand was he was the candidate he definitely was the candidate there um but maybe, maybe they'll avoid that because
0: it yeah. was,
1: it was, it was a, it might've, if you saw, if you saw Albert Pujols pinch hitting to, to face Brad hands, like I remember this, yeah. what what's your, what's your money on in a playoff oh. game?
0: It's absolutely <laughs> going four fifty. <450. laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. All right. That's all I wanted. All I wanted to say. So ten ten 10 games left. We'll have to see what goes on. Can the Phillies stay afloat here? sneak into this third spot, hold their standing and finally crack the playoffs. Do you, I guess we can do this. We said we're like pretty confident, but let's, let's get it out there for the record. Do you, do you think the Phillies end of the season? Will they be in this, in this wild card series?
0: Yeah, right. I, I, I'm about 70%,
1: 65% sure they will be. Yep. I'm with you. I think, I think we'll be talking, uh, I think we'll be recapping a, a playoff berth and a wild card series at some point from from there who knows but
0: reassess reassess if they have to win one of two and in, in one of the last two games in houston
1: yes that is that is true but all right when that when that comes along we'll we'll talk about it then but for now thank you everyone for listening we'll talk to you next time